Goodbye, bomber fans not feeling miserable. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye! <laughs> Don't stop at that, John! Are you okay? Come I just, away from I'm, the I'm, ledge! I'm so... Come away! I wish you would step back from that ledge, my friend. <laughs> they once drove to Vancouver from Edmonton to go to the Grey Cup in a Toyota Matrix with summer tires while listening to the entire tragically hip discography they love their canadian football john fraser a winnipeg blue bombers fan and sports reporter from saskatoon does this mean i have to start researching and travis cura a saskatchewan rough riders fan and radio announcer from red deer does anybody want to do fantasy dancing with the stars next uh, season bring you the two and out cfl podcast every week fraser and cura will deliver news and fantasy analysis from the canadian football league and nonsense can't forget the nonsense grab some poutine and a Double double. It's time for the two and out podcast. Ready, set, hunt. Welcome to episode 12 of the two and out CFL podcast. It is Fraser and Kura with you. Yes. Yeah. That's all of Bomberville right now. Why? Why? <laughs> all of Bomberville right now. I, I just like, I like Saskatchewan's chances a lot more on Labor Day now. Uh, I'd like Saskatchewan's chances for another Labor Day Banjo Bowl sweep right now. Mm-hmm. No Paris Cotton. Sounds like he's out long-term. No word from the Bombers. They're announcing that uh, that Drew Willie's out six to eight weeks. Uh, Trav, I'm not going to lie. You're going to have to do most of the work tonight. I'm going to be <laughs> co- in this corner crying. <laughs> of course, we will talk more about that as much as John doesn't want to as the show goes on. But I think we have to start the show this week with the dumbest tweet of the week. Now, usually I leave this up to you. Then the people uh, get a little mad. They're like, John's a little too harsh. They tweet me. I tweet them back. I make all good. But this one, I think this one. <laughs> Why does everybody think I'm such a, such a mean guy? Just You are an angry person. <laughs> I am typically a very angry person. That's right. That is. Uh, I remember back when you were my intern and uh, you'd give me cokes and I'd uh, throw drum skins across the rooms after I couldn't talk right. And I'd make you hold things so I could kick them to make me feel better. Uh, you really had a really interesting internship, didn't you? I definitely did. So what this all happened was friend of the podcast, uh, Tyrell, of course, the guy that will get a Brazilian if the Red Blacks get 12 games, he's going to be joining us later on during the Are You Smarter Than an Overweight Canadian podcast later on. He ended up sending out a tweet after our last episode because I had said, I love the Rouge. This and, is- that's, and that is a well-known. Anybody that knows you, Trav, knows that your favorite ending to a football game is not <laughs> overtime, is not you know a last-minute <laughs> touchdown. It is when both teams are trying to kick the ball through the end zone and somebody wins on a rouge. You go bananas over that. And every once in a while, I'll send out a tweet from the 2-and-out account saying, oh, rouge for the tie, and then they never do it. I, I don't know why they don't. But Tyrell ended up sending out a tweet saying, if you don't like the rouge... Basically, you're not a true Canadian. And then this guy ended up replying, saying, the CFL blows and you know it. Hashtag second rate. Hashtag cue the Twitter war. 
And next thing you know, we had, I felt like I was, uh, I was Jim Ross, the old wrestling announcer. <laughs> Good God, is that Frank Gaynor's music? Good God, is that Josh Smith from Potsky Wee Wee? Good God, it's the Eskimo Empire Boys. Good God, Drew Dalby. Oh, oh, the humanity. Oh, he's dead. He's dead. I mean, come on. Don't, when you say the CFL isn't a professional league, just, just stop. Just, Everybody, just stop for a minute, okay? Time for Angry John to come out a little bit here. Okay. The players get paid to play football, which makes them what, Travis? Professionals. Exactly. You get paid to do something. It means you're a professional. You know what? We do We do this podcast for free. We are not professional podcasters. But no. guess what? You get paid to do radio. I get paid to do radio. That makes us professional radio people. Just like you get paid to do something, you become a professional at it. That is what you do for a living. I get it. Are the salaries as high as the NFL? No. Do the best athletes go to the NFL because the salaries are higher down there? Yes. Who wouldn't? Travis, if I said you want $10 million instead of 100000 you'd go down south too. That doesn't mean it's not the best product that we have here in Canada. I've always loved the CFL. You appreciate the game for what it is. To me, the CFL rules are more entertaining than the NFL. The NFL does have the better athlete, I'll concede. But, I mean, hell, you have people showing up at Major League Soccer games, which is at best a 12th rate soccer league, <laughs> and nobody bitches about it. Nobody nobody complains. Oh, geez, going to go watch a bunch of guys that make even less than CFL players. Like, come on. And, then, like, and this guy, the guy with the dumb tweet, he's a scout for the Alberta Junior Hockey League. The Alberta Junior <laughs> Hockey League where the players don't get paid. Those who live in glass houses should not throw stones. I get it. They're on their way to the NHL, blah, blah, blah. Not the numbers they used to be before. Just so anybody that, that, that has the audacity to come, and especially, like, say that to Tyrell. You know what? Tweet him back to involve us in it. Like, just get... That's... You know what, what word I want to say. But... You you're just you're just looking for this. You're just sitting here looking. Oh, da 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 da. CFL sucks. Ha 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 ha. Guess what? More people went to one CFL game at Mosaic Stadium than your entire team did th- the whole season. You put the entire season attendance numbers together for the Lloyd Mister Bobcats, it equals out to less than one game, <laughs> one sellout at Mosaic Stadium. Don't I, uh... tell me it doesn't have fans. Don't tell me it's not good. Yeah. Just I... shut up. Shut. Make the shut up. I continue to see uh, stuff like this now that the National Football League is back in the and the preseason. Real football, I know, and uh, all of those are going to get the dumb tweets and dumb whatever for the rest of the season because I just can't stand that. And I don't even like to say the better athletes play down south because we saw what happened with Michael Sam. I, I say a different athlete plays up here because a 275-pound linebacker isn't going to be able to have the cardio that you need up here to play defense. So I, I just say... No, you're right. It, it, it is different, though. But, I mean, the best the best quarterbacks in the world, where are they going to go? They're going to go to the NFL. Where are the best receivers in the world, the best running backs, the best defensive backs? I mean, it's just that's a product of it. I mean, it would be interesting to see if the money was equal what the leagues would become, just like it was way back in the day. But I don't think there's there's a person in, there's a person in Canada that loves the CFL like you yeah. and I do that that will admit that you know that will there's nobody that's that delusional that would say yeah. well Travis Lule is a better quarterback than Tom Brady no it's just not true they're they're in the NFL for a reason 
the caliber here at the CFL is a very close second anywhere in the world. Does that mean we shouldn't cheer for it? Absolutely not. It means support it. I mean, it, it, uh, it's just it, it bothers me. You can go. You can afford to go to a Grey Cup without owning a, a company. You and I have been to three together. Yep. And it, it, we neither of us make a ton of money, and yet. We could never go to a Super Bowl. We could never go to a Super Bowl. It's accessible to the fans. You know, players are out in the community. Players just seem like one of the guys, one of you. And I don't understand. I don't understand why people feel the need feel the need to hate. You know what? Go enjoy. I I enjoy both leagues. I do. I enjoy the CFL. I enjoy the NFL. Am I more passionate about the CFL? Absolutely. I grew up a Winnipeg Blue Bomber fan. Half my whole life. My NFL Sundays. Guess what? I used to love watching because you know what? I love football, and there's no harm in that. There's no need to start an argument about who's better, whose dad could beat up whose dad. I mean, come on, just make a relax. I do want to get some. I, I feel like we're preaching to the choir when we talk about this because mm. let's face it, the people. If you're listening, you you do really like uh, the Canadian Football League. My thing here is I have no emotional connection to any team in the National Football League. Yes. I am an Oakland yes. Raiders fan, but that is not in my blood like the Saskatchewan Rough Riders are. No. And where are the Canadian football players going to go to further their football career? Nowhere. Look at No, look and even look at guys that we had the treat of watching in the CFL. You look at like Jeff Garcia. Right? Mm-hmm. He, he started in the CFL, goes to the NFL. Cameron Wake, a more recent one. Uh, ben Heaton until until the injury. Uh, I hope he recovers. And I, it sounds like Indianapolis wants to keep him around. But you're right. It's a place to develop players. And that's what it always will be. I mean, much like the same as Mr. Scout for the Lloydminster Bobcats sitting there telling us that, oh, it's second rate. It's a, c- Congratulations. Your league is third rate. Does that mean you shouldn't support it? Uh, no. Go ahead, support it. Support your local junior A team. Support your local junior football team. Support your local university team. Like, just because something is not the best in the world doesn't mean you have to be an asshole about it. Yeah, one more one more point. I, I do think that we will not see guys like Brandon Banks make it down south, but do I ever enjoy watching him up here at the big field and the Canadian rules? I would not want to lose that for the world. I do think the problem here is... It's a Canadian thing. We don't like to admit what we have is good. And I always like to go to the music analogy. A band like Rush. Yes, I know they're a polarizing band. It seems like you either love them or hate them. But they made it big in pretty much every other country in the world before they made it big in Canada. I feel like, you know what you need to do, Trav, to... To, to make us both less angry and get us off of the, the dumb tweet of the week topic. Yep. I think play a little Rush. All right. <laughs> a little slap in the bus. Slap in the bus, man. You slap in the bus. Uh, suddenly I feel a whole lot better. I know. So do I. All right. Angry John is back into wherever Angry John comes from. And we're back to Sad John as we get into the news. In the Huddle with Fraser and Kura on the Two It Out Podcast. All right, I guess we do have to start with uh, we know how long Drew Willie will be out for basically the next two months. Uh, that means more than likely goodbye playoffs, goodbye Grey Cup game at home, goodbye hope of selling out Investors Group Field, goodbye Bomber fans not feeling miserable, goodbye... <laughs> 
Goodbye. Don't stop just, at that, John. Are you okay? Come I just, away from I'm, the I'm, ledge. I'm so... Come away. I wish you would step back from that ledge, my friend. It's just there's so many like bomber fans. You know what, Ryder fans, everybody can, you know, you're struggling this year, I get it. But Bomber fans haven't won a Grey Cup since 1990, minus the 2011 season. We haven't been good in over a decade. I mean, like, legitimately good. 2007 was the last time I can confidently say the Winnipeg Blue Bombers are a good team. Right now, they're just not that. And then it's just to watch this season just go away. Because of Drew Willie's injury, just it 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 sucks. There's nothing. There's no other way to say it. It sucks. I hope he gets better soon, and I hope he finds a way to stop being the next next Buck Pierce. But anybody that suggests on on Twitter, I'm looking at you, Banny. Uh, love you, buddy. But uh, I'm looking directly at you right now on the Twitter screen. Um, that that I'm a part time fan. I'm not. I just there's times that a guy just has to pick up his Wii U gamepad and play Vintage Mario Brothers while his team's getting their butts kicked while watching the game. I need a little little distraction. Yeah, I, I don't blame you, man. Uh, Kirk Penton says that he's going to put money on Robert Marv starting for Winnipeg. So, of course, they're going to, they have to take this opportunity to see what they have in uh, Robert Marv. Of course, he was the, probably the most popular player in Winnipeg. And uh, there's another injury, too. Paris Cotton may miss uh, an extended period of time. So, Cameron Marshall, of course. He's he's the guy now, and he is I thought looked good for them. Maybe Tyler Thomas sees the field a little bit here. But yep. as far as uh, quarterbacks go in Winnipeg, do you think they try to make a deal? I know Trevor Harris. I think he's going to be the starter in Toronto for the rest of the year. Would they even dare try to make a move for Ricky Ray, or does he even want to behind that offensive line? Well, that and therein lies the problem. Uh, I know what I would do. And I'm not thinking from a business perspective. I I don't think I'd mortgage more of the future. Let's face it. You know, the Riders are in the situation they're in right now because they've been a good veteran team for so long. Eventually, the young players, they go elsewhere, right? I mean, whether yep. you've traded draft picks, whether you haven't drafted guys high overall, you know, you're it's going to come and catch up with you. Well, the Bombers did have high draft picks, but they also had Joe Mick, Mack, who was a complete and utter idiot and didn't know what to do with those draft picks. So... The Bombers have so little young talent on that roster, and it's getting much better since Kyle Walters took over, and all Bomber fans are watching what he can do. If I'm Winnipeg, unless something falls in your lap, I, I, I go, you see what you got out of Braum and Marv from here on out. I like Marv's potential. I think he moves well. Uh, it He's been in Winnipeg system now for a couple of years. Uh, go see what he can do and see if Brian Brom can somehow figure it out because at this point he has yet to throw a professional touchdown pass, and that's both the NFL and the CFL included. So if I'm Winnipeg, roll it out. Now, on the other end, I understand that attendance is probably about to drop significantly at Investors Group Field for the rest of the year. If if the offer's out there to get a Ricky Ray, I think you do it, but I, I don't I don't want to see them do it. But I imagine that conversation is one that they're having right now. Would a guy like Matt Nichols have any value in Winnipeg? I think he'd have a ton of value. I'm not, uh, again, I'm not uh, super high on him. He is slowly turning my opinion of Matt Nichols. But Matt Nichols, to me, what you'd have to give up for a division rival. Uh, again, you don't see a lot of trades in the CFL, especially in midseason, especially yeah. for a quarterback. They might go to... I don't even know who's out there for retreads right now, but I mean Casey Printers. Casey, I mean, heck, there's there's a guy. Maybe if Winnipeg thinks that this team is ready for a playoff run, then 
then maybe give a, a, a veteran guy on the shelf a call. But I don't. I still don't think they're ready. Uh, the Paris Cotton Cam Marshall drop off, in my humble opinion, is slim to none. They're yeah. not really losing anything there. Uh, but yeah, Willie is really going to hurt, and they're really going to struggle to make the postseason now, especially with uh, the BC Lions uh, looking like they're improving as the season's going on. Some cool news coming out of Hamilton, number 68. Angelo Mosca will have his number retired at the end of the month at Tim Hortons Field. It actually comes a couple days after they have the uh, Angelo Mosca, still Mosca event to raise money for Alzheimer's Canada. And I think I was listening to the Three Down Nation podcast and they had told the story that basically uh, Angelo's wife went away and came back and Angelo didn't know who she was. So it is a very yeah. scary disease and I, I I can't believe his number isn't retired in Hamilton, but they only have one other number retired. It seems a lot harder to have your number retired in football than it does in hockey. Oh, uh, for sure. Uh, and he is getting uh, the recognition he deserves. All I ask is that fellow podcasters and broadcasters that listen, let's not show the Mosca cl- clip at vo- at Grey Cup. At least, you know what, we can all laugh and joke about it later, you know, we can all bring it up, but while his number's being retired, here's here's a sick man that we're trying to that the the everybody's trying to do good things for. Let's just let's just celebrate him as the player. Now, leading I, up to the retirement. I did bring, uh, I, I wrote an article about it uh, at cflpass.ca, and I did bring up the Grey Cup clip, but I use it as an example of this guy's competitiveness, and this guy, you can take yeah. the man out of football, but you can't take football out of the man. And uh, honestly, I look back at it now, and I just get, like, that is what football is I mean, us fans yeah. are so passionate, but Joe Cap and Angela Mosca, they still had that passion and like they wanted to get back on the field. No, no, and and you're right in that way. I just mean let's yeah, and I, maybe I phrased it wrong. That or let's don't make celebrate fun of him. Player. Yeah, like let's not make fun of the guy. And like if the only clip I see about Mosca's retirement yeah. is that clip, we're all doing something wrong. Let's celebrate the player. And then yes, we all know what happened. You and I didn't want to spend the three hundred dollars each to go to that awards. I'm kind of sad we didn't, but uh, it is it is a great clip. But let's remember the player ahead of uh, a silly. Let's call it a silly, passionate incident at the CFL Awards. This is a guy that played in nine Grey Cups and won wow. five of them. Nobody, I don't think, will ever play in that many Grey Cups again. It's an all-time record, and I can't see anybody doing that again. And if you haven't read his book, uh, you should read it. It's really cool. that He had a kind of a rough upbringing. You know, he went to Notre Dame and went to Hamilton, was an absolute rock star. He did he did pro wrestling on the side as well, and uh, Mosca is wow. one of the greatest characters characters this league will ever see i was gonna say no wonder you've always had such a soft spot for him I do. anybody who pro wrestles on the side instantly becomes a favorite of you and josh smith yep <laughs> I, I do want to talk about this too cfl ratings south of the border are actually looking okay uh two hundred thousand people i think an average watched last week's games and uh, it looks like they're making some noise down south on the espn too well 
they've got a legitimate broadcast partner with ESPN2 in the States. I mean, for a lot of, you know, let's face it, how big, you know, college football is huge down in the States. And a lot of fans want to know, hey, where'd, where'd my favorite player go? And a lot of them are up here playing in Canada. So I think there's a novelty factor to it. And I go back to my rant a little bit at the beginning of the episode. Like, I know nothing about U.S. college football. I just... You yeah. know what? I, I can tell you all about the CIS, CJFL. I can tell you about the CFL, NFL. I just, I almost say I'm, I'm sports saturated. If I put anything else into my brain, something else is going to pop out the other side, and it might be my ability to breathe or speak. So, um, <laughs> but don't get me wrong. I know nothing about U.S. college football. I'll watch it because it's on the TV. I feel like the CFL is feeling a bit of a niche, you know, doing nah. the same thing. You know, hey, there's a football game on TV. Nothing else on. Why the hell wouldn't you watch it? And chances are you're going to recognize at least two or three guys per roster that are out there. And you go, huh. So that's where they are. It's funny because on Twitter, um, I actually run into quite a few uh, American CFL fans. Uh, Joe Pritchard, uh, Tony Bryce. uh, They're very active on Twitter and they're very passionate about the Canadian Football League. So that is really cool to see. Actually, when I went down, uh, I went to Los Angeles um, five years ago, and I wore my Rough Rider jersey, ran into a guy. He's like, I'm a big Rider fan, man. And I'm like, where are you from? He's like, San Diego. And I'm like, that's awesome. This is so cool. And he, he was always trying to buy those plastic watermelon hats that you can from the Rider store. Yeah. But they only ship to Canada. So uh, <laughs> he should have made a deal with you. Well, I thought, I know. I should have made a deal with him. I thought about screwing the guy, like putting it for $500 on eBay or something. But... <laughs> Or, you know, you could be a decent human being. Yeah, I know. I, I and, should have. And I'm a lot and everybody's And everybody says I'm the jerk in this podcast. <laughs> uh, lots of talk about the struggles in attendance for uh, BC. The first couple games in Edmonton didn't crack 30K. But we have to give a shout-out to those in Hamilton and those in Ottawa. Less than 500 tickets left for the Red Blacks game next week as the Riders roll into town. Or that's yeah, at the that's, end of the month. That's, that's exciting stuff. I mean, and I, you look at those two stadiums, and those two stadiums give me, as a longtime CFL fan, the impression of, you know, this is a place I want to go and I want to watch the game. Uh, they're yeah. sold out. They're they're. Like the fans are crazy. I'd, I'd love to have a, a chance to go there. I know, and it's it, this BC thing is uh, always kind of perplexed me, right? I mean, they got a new stadium. Um, you know, when they put up the way they curtain off the upper deck that makes it look smaller, they're trying everything. I just don't know what the heck's going on there. Well, I think it's a Thursday game. Like that's nuts for a city like Vancouver, where the the traffic is nuts. A lot of the fans are living in Surrey and. Things like that. It just makes it impossible to get to the games. But we've discussed on, on this podcast about what a nightmare it is getting to Winnipeg Blue Bomber games. Yeah, and yeah. Still, they have lots of people there on a Thursday night. Uh, I, I did find it interesting. We were tweeted by, uh, or we tweeted uh, Kevin K., uh, who's an MLS fan, yeah. and he pointed out his MLS season tickets were just 200 bucks. The last CFL game he went to, he spent more than that at just the game. I'm assuming he's talking concessions and yeah. everything like that, but maybe it is time. Maybe, you know, the MLS is taking the low-value uh, ticket dollars in, in BC, and maybe it's time to look at a, a price readjustment in BC. Who knows? It's it, it's tough to say, because as soon as... It, to me, it's a slippery slope. As soon as you start losing fans and losing the atmosphere, now more than ever, everybody's going to want to sit at home with their free beer and watch on their 
high def TV. So it's going to be interesting coming up here in BC. I want to uh, get to some nonsense before the Fantasy Expose. Uh, <laughs> we love our nonsense. Yes, we do. Did you see uh, Buddy Jackson of the Calgary Stampeders call out Ronda Rousey? <laughs> I heard about this, yeah. <laughs> So basically, a couple Stampeders were uh, fooling around in the locker room, and he was shadow boxing. And uh, one of the guys turned the cell phone on. You know that ends up on Twitter in about five seconds. And uh, yep. Buddy is just going, Ronda Rousey, I'm ready. Ronda Rousey, I'm ready. Who would your money be on uh, if a Buddy Jackson Ronda Rousey fight went down? Ooh. <laughs> That's a good. What uh, what uh, have you? Do you have the vital statistics like the height and weight, everything nearby? Buddy outweighs her by fifty pounds. Okay, but what's the height? I feel uh, like reach. I feel like reach could be a big advantage here. Let's get the Buddy Jackson uh, height here. I don't know. Hmm. Play the Jeopardy song. Yep. Yeah. Scratch my scratch. Pick my nose. All right. So he's six one. Okay. And Ronda Rousey's uh, about six feet, right? Just a sec. She's 5'7". Ooh. See, it would be very interesting because <laughs> she likes... I don't know a lot about UFC, but it looks as though she's more of a stand-up fighter. If uh, she was able to use some of her submission holds and some of her techniques and take the battle to the ground, absolutely she she would win. She's professionally trained with that. If she just stood to try to stand up and box, uh, you know what? I, you know what? My money would be on Rousey. I would I would say on Ronda Rousey. Yeah, Bo Levi Mitchell tweeted it out saying his money's on her as well. I gotta have to agree with uh, Bo. One last piece of nonsense uh paul lapelis did a story and i feel like he scooped us i know right an ode to the big guy touchdown that's us and last week's guest josh smith as well because josh smith is a big fan of the fat guy touchdown i feel like we need to get the two and out cfl podcast army to tweet lapo to get him on the show so we can confront him about stealing our story Stealing uh, the fat guy touchdowns. Uh, you know what? I, I don't think it's a, that's a terrible idea, but I will give credit to the latest fat guy touchdown. If you has, haven't seen it, look at the hands <laughs> of Ryan Bombin. I mean, seriously, that was an athletic play. We're getting quite a bit of fat guy touchdowns this year, and we're getting quite a bit of third and one stops, which would not be happening without the fat guys. So, uh Fat guys are taking over the CFL, man. Basically, you know what? Maybe we're going to have a fat guy for MVP. <laughs> if somebody has a J.J. Watt-like season that they just, you know, if Dan Clark all of a sudden could put up, like, 12 touchdowns and the Riders <laughs> were actually good, Clark for MVP. Put him in slot back. I'd love to see it. You know what? Never mind. Let's put Bombin for MVP. That catch, <laughs> guy's got guy's got some hands. He'll probably make two or three more this year. The Ticats are playing off the charts good right now. That's a solid offensive line. Bombin for MVP. <laughs> Let's get to the Fantasy Expose. Time for the Fantasy Expose on the Two and Out Podcast. Let's start with the Thursday game, BC and Edmonton. I think probably 80% of people had a lock Edmonton winning this game, and they had it until halftime. Until Matt Nichols went and became 
Matt Nichols. Uh, <laughs> as I've been saying, not overly impressed with him. I still think his starter's job uh, could be on the line. 26 of 42, 262, two touchdowns uh, to the two picks. But Edmonton got a good rushing performance. Shakir Bell was hurt in that game. Uh, Chad Simpson actually had his best uh, game of the year, best game in a few years. Uh, nice to see him kind of getting back on track. 13 carries, 96 yards, a long of uh, 37. But, yeah, if it, I... Any one of us probably would have thought, I think we all picked the Edmonton Eskimos, and I thought the Edmonton Eskimos were going to win big. Their defense has been so good, but that BC Lions defense starting to get uh, a little sneaky good, shutting out the Askies uh, after the first half. That's uh, that's a sign of some uh, good adjustments there in BC. The big news from this game. Now, I will say be careful about Chad Simpson. Uh, it, without his big run, it's 12 for 59, and without his big reception, it is 3 for what seven yards? <laughs> but he's, he, you know what? He still had the ability to bust it, and uh, you yep. got to give a guy credit for that. Five, uh, four catches, fifty-six yards. Uh, the big one, forty-nine yard long, and, and the touchdown. I mean, he's starting to prove that maybe he could be a playmaker again. He's probably sitting in the waiver wire your league if you're suffering through some injuries at running back. Might not be a bad idea to plug him in, and give him a spot. A guy that will not be sitting on your waiver wire, uh, Kenny Stafford, having an absolutely huge game. It looks like Adarius Bowman has missed his third straight day of practice. If he misses this upcoming game against Edmonton, Stafford becomes the number one target. Now, he may not be available on your waiver wire, but uh, the values just updated on TSN Fantasy. He is a good guy to throw in for your weekly uh, picks when it comes to TSN Fantasy. I think he could have a pretty good game against Montreal. I, I, I will respectfully disagree with you on this one. I think Montreal's defense uh, exposes Matt Nichols a little bit. If there is an Edmonton receiver you're going to roll with, I'd roll with Kenny Stafford. But uh, to me, he'd be a third or fourth option uh, in fantasy right now, only because of who they're playing. I'm with you. He's got the chops. He's a great player. But I really like what Montreal's done defensively all year. I think Montreal really lost that trade when uh, they lost Stafford. Oh, yeah. Oh, for uh, sure they did. Montreal, I think, would be a whole lot better if they were able to play Stafford instead of Drops and Collins, who they actually released along with Sean White, yep. uh, gone from Montreal. So, <laughs> no, not they, a surprise. I mean, not a surprise there at all. Yeah. I mean, you could see that Collins uh, had a season long uh, case of the dropsies. Sean White, they uh, had basically said. Coming out of training camp, you're not the guy anymore, and uh, away he goes, uh, and he'll await in that place that kickers await for the next kicker to get hurt to uh, go and fill in for somebody. The one thing about Edmonton, why did they not go for the field goal? Uh, Grant Shaw is perfect on the year. I know it's a 48-yarder. I know that's long, but you're in the dome. You're in BC place. He's perfect on the year. The guy's on fire, and you go for it on third and four. The only thing I could think of is maybe he's hurt. Maybe he tweaked something in warm-ups and just said, because if you're Chris Jones, you have to ask, do you have 48 yards in you? I mean, you have to know whether he's good or yeah. not. I, and maybe it was just Jones feeling like his offense could do something. They hadn't done something the entire second half. So I would have taken the points there. Uh, it's not a short field goal. I know uh, me and Derek Taylor spoke at length about how we both hate the short field goals. But I think you're right. Should have taken the points there. A uh, little surprised they didn't. And uh, they paid for it. Andrew Harris continues to make his case to be most outstanding player. Man, that guy has a hell of a workload. 
You know what? Everybody should just use the uh, chimes music like we're going back in time to when I said you should take Andrew Harris first overall in your fantasy league. I was hoping uh, you forgot about that because I said uh, I'd take Cornish over him. Uh, and uh, there's the inevitable Cornish injury. And Andrew Harris is tearing up the league. Uh, 20 carries, 118 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, Travis Lule, another ho-hum game. 16-31, uh, to 31, two touchdowns, two picks. But, of course, uh, BC coming out with a win. Manny Arsenault, though, uh, on his two catches for 75 yards. Uh, both big plays. And that's what you expect out of Manny Arsenault. Uh, Andrew Harris uh, doing doing it all, really. Again, receiving uh, tied for the team lead in receptions in that game. Four grabs 57 yards and a touchdown and he was he was on fuego as the kids say these days a lot of people are saying hey maybe lule needs to see the bench but i think uh it's just taking some time here uh to get his you know timing back because on the deep throws he's overthrowing guys he's not you know under throwing guys he looks like he's got all his power back no, exactly. The arm strength has changed. I think a big thing that people have to remember is if you look at him compared to last year, he's really changed his throwing motion. He has, yeah. He's, he's throwing from a lower spot it, it, like as far as arm angles concerned. So basically, he's learning to throw all over again, and that's going to take some time for him to, to get used to it in game action. Obviously, the move was either consciously or subconsciously, the move was made to keep strain off of the shoulder. Let's go to the Ottawa and Montreal game. Oh, what an exciting game. I just love this game front to back and the way that the Ottawa fans cranked it up at the end. They got good Henry, 32 of 44 for 323 yards and two touchdowns. Yep, that was good Henry when we've seen bad Henry at times, but uh, the biggest reason why the Ottawa Red Blacks, or the All Caps as I like to call them, are 4-2 and two is uh, we've seen good Henry more than bad Henry this year. Uh, if you got the Ottawa quarterbacks low in your draft, you're uh, smiling, such as some of us did on this podcast, but... Uh, they're they're almost becoming a must start. I think Henry Burris has looked real good. The offensive line's been good, and he just has so many weapons there. Greg Ellingson was this uh, week's target of choice: eight for one hundred and ten, no touchdowns. Brad Sinopoli, another great game: five for sixty-seven yards. Ernest Jackson uh, with the touchdown, the receiving core: uh, five grabs, forty-five yards. But man, they just they can just d- distribute it, like just throw it around. And this is all without Chris yeah. Williams in the lineup. I am uh, very happy uh, trading for Greg Ellingson from you. Uh, I mean, sorry about that. That's only because C.J. Gable Gable is dead. (laughs) That almost just isn't fair, but that's the way fantasy football goes. Um, It's true, and that's that's the way the game works. And uh, again, the curse of Fraser and uh, Kura. Don't be mentioned (laughs) in trade discussions because you will end up injured. I am wondering here if Marcus Henry gets, gets healthy, is Mo Price expendable? Oh, for sure, for sure, he is. Yeah, he, I he just he he might he might be a good locker room guy or, or something like that that's uh, keeping him around. But uh, right now, he's not even looking like a, a top option in Ottawa. Uh, who also let uh, Jock Sanders go too, by the way, uh, during the week. Yeah, I saw that, and I think he's. I think Sanders has a lot of potential. I don't know why he can't stick anywhere. I think he's one of those fringe guys where if he was Canadian, of course he would be sticking with teams, but uh, he just can't stick anywhere. It's kind of, I like the guy. It's frustrating. 
and, and fumble problems for him uh, too as well. Uh, Keith Scholigan yeah. uh, managed to put up a performance good enough that both a defensive player and a Canadian was named to the top performers of the week. Uh, three sacks, five tackles. Uh, how much would Saskatchewan love to still have that guy around? I know. I, I miss Sholo. It's too bad they lost him in the expansion draft. But at that time, they had so many players that they needed to protect, and Sholo just wasn't one of those guys. But three sacks, it's awesome to see two defensive players be named as a performer of the week this week. Yeah, it's almost like the CFL heard my ranting. I'm sure that had something to do with it. I'm sure. <laughs> Positive. Uh, let's move over to the Montreal side. Now, I dropped Tyrell Sutton in uh, Fantasy League, and I think you were waiting, and you you were just waiting to see that. And I, I picked him up because my team is just jam-packed, but I picked up Brandon Rutley, who had an insane game. I mean, on the, on the ground, he only had 10 carries, 52 yards, but in the air, 4 for 71, and that wasn't a lot of big plays. They were 20 yards was the longest play, so he was pretty consistent with what he did. I think... Even if Tyrell Sutton comes back, they work Rutley into the lineup, especially because he showed his chops as a receiver. Well, there's nobody else in the waiver wire in either of our leagues right now, so I had to grab Tyrell Sutton. Yeah. But uh, you're right, Rutley, will f- he's played his way into the Montreal lineup. They're going to have to find a way to get him in there, and I'm with you. I believe they will, uh, obviously showing that he's another your prototypical dual-threat running back, like you said, with the 4 for 71, 10 for 52 uh, on the ground. But uh, Rakeem Cato, again, uh, looking like a rookie. He's looking more like a rookie this game. A 20-31, one touchdown to the two interceptions uh one of those uh coming in the end zone which you never ever want to see that's a real backbreaker for a team some really interesting news coming out of montreal practice this week john bowman and gerald brown were working with the scout team defense no injuries interesting yeah and and they were just working i think herb zerkowski he he tweeted that out and uh there was no injuries or anything like that. So I think if this losing streak continues, that some more veterans might be uh, being cut loose. But Bowman has been playing great. He has five sacks on the year already. But they do have, it looks like, about eight guys ready to come off the sixth game. So Gerald Brown might be cut. Kyrie Bear is going to come in. He is ready to go. But I don't know who goes behind Bowman because Michael Sam, he, he's not going to cut it. No, he. If you watch the film, you watch everything in slow motion, the ISO cams. You're right. He just he just wasn't good enough. And his opening game as a Montreal Alouette, maybe it was nerves, maybe it was all the pressure uh, from what he what he did historically, but he just didn't look good. And if I was the if I was the Montreal Alouettes, I would be looking at Sam, getting rid of Sam ahead of uh, Gerald Brown or definitely uh, Bowman. Unless the only thing I could think is if they wanted them on the scout team defense to in some way duplicate some of the talent that Edmonton has on that defensive line, right? I mean, yeah. that's the only thing I could see. I mean, the scout team is there to duplicate what the other team is going to bring it. Uh, maybe uh, Tom Higgins said, you know what, let's put these guys on the defensive line because you know they're going to bring pressure uh, just like the Edmonton guys are, and we want Rakeem to see that. Yeah, Sam, for me, he he's too small to be defensive tackle but too big to be defensive end. So in the off season, I think if he seriously wants to make it in the Canadian Football League, 
he needs to cut some weight so he can uh, yeah. may, maybe gain some speed as a defensive end down here because he's just not fast enough. Well, that was the knock on him in in the States as well. He just, he just wasn't speedy enough, and he's one of those in-between players. I know yeah. he had a great career at linebacker in the NCAA, but you can be a little slower in the NCAA because they're not you know professional football players yeah. playing for money. See where I'm going here? Yep, shows how good our players are. I'm sorry, but <laughs> yeah, because they get paid to do a job. Yeah. Anyways, I'm still a little bitter about that, but yeah, all the power to Michael Sam for what he's done. He's a courageous young man, and I really hope he has all the success in the world. But like you said, uh, guy needs to spend his off season focusing on getting quicker, uh, less about dancing on the stars. We want to talk bitter. Let's talk Argos and Riders. Probably the most frustrating football game I have ever seen. Oh my! I I, I didn't. I stopped watching. I flat out stopped watching it. I was so mad. Like oh, by the end of that game, <laughs> well, I think I had a sore neck from shaking my head. It just became a laugh fest and. A lot of the fans were late getting in. I don't know if you saw that because the, the Skydome Rogers Center, whatever, has new security protocols because of Major yep. League Baseball. So the stadium actually looked a lot emptier at the beginning, and fans started to file in. I don't know if the refs are trying to delay the game to get the fans in, but that was bad. Well, and here's the thing to be worried about as a Saskatchewan Rough Rider fan. I mean, for one, the penalty total was astronomical off the charts i've got the uh, game sheet in front of me right now 24 penalties 192 yards 19 for 175 by the argos but i'm going to give you names right now travis of some of the guys who took penalties on saskatchewan tisdale bag smith george mays labat suber uh, these are guys who they're all quite, veterans these are veteran guys macho harris making mistakes these are these are guys who shouldn't be making mistakes, taking all sorts of penalties for the riders. So it's not like you can even go out and blame. Oh yeah, they're. I mean, the young guys are going to make uh, mistakes. And in all fairness, I mean, young guys like Ray Early are out there. Uh, Ryan Smith are out there as well. But the rider, I don't know what's what's up with these guys. Maybe they're tired or hiding injuries or something. But. I don't know what's up with all the best another one took penalties. I, I don't know what's up with all these guys. It's just pure laziness. And I, and I, I know that the it shows that 192 yards and penalties were given out, but it does not show the the two touchdowns to Chris Getzlaff that got called back due to penalty. It yep. does not show that big return by Stephen Miller that got called back due yeah. to penalty. Like It was literally about 300 yards given away. And, and nobody and people in Rider Nation will say, "Well, the refs are out to get us." They're not. Look, look at every one of those. Talk to any referee you know anywhere. Every one of those penalties was. I mean, on the one touchdown that was taken back to Getzlaff, bag was five yards offside. Yeah, it was. It was a mile offside. Like there's, there's those are mistakes that veteran players shouldn't be making, but they are. Um, from a game perspective, I thought Brett Smith was really. Really good, used his legs really well, escaped pressure a lot, really should have had a four-touchdown, one-interception night. Again, yep. the one interception, though, being uh, a pick-six, uh, Jerome Messam uh, doing what he does, uh, nine carries, 61 yards. A nice night for Stephen Miller, making his uh, regular season debut this year. 
Eight carries for 54 yards. A nice change of pace back. Um, again, Chris Getzlaff with the two touchdowns uh, receiving should have been three. Uh, five for 80 yards, showing that he still got him and uh, him and Brett Smith showed some real good uh, some real good chemistry there. So maybe you see a little resurgence out of Chris Getzlaff here. I like Stephen Miller as a speculative uh, pickup in fantasy as well. If you got room, you got nobody getting carries. I would pick him up. He he was great on kick returns as well. So there are some positives in this game from uh, Saskatchewan being Brett Smith, who looks like the guy that will be the guy when Darian Durant hangs them up, I think, if he sticks around in Saskatchewan long enough. But that's another guy that comes out of the Jim Barker and Scott Milanovic regime in Toronto. Uh, he Harris, was, he was only there for a cup of coffee. When we talked to him in training camp, he basically said he was the fourth quarterback. Right, and he, and he wasn't there for long, but he was there first. <laughs> He didn't. He didn't get a lot of reps, though. I think. I think the, the, the Brett Smith is more of a curious case of a guy that declared for the NFL draft maybe a season too early and has. Okay. He's got the talent to play in the NFL, but he's just the product of a flawed system, and it's going to be for Saskatchewan's benefit. I think long term, he's going to be a very good quarterback, and he showed uh, flashes of that against Toronto. Trevor Harris. Uh... Making me look okay because I dropped the Calgary quarterbacks. I'm like, screw this. I'm going with Toronto, 23 of 29, 316 yards and two touchdowns. I know Calgary was on by, but I'm really liking having the Argos on my side. I will mention this, John. How does it feel that uh, the Bombers basically chose Joe Mack over Jim Barker? Don't bring this up. <laughs> Don't bring this up. And just, we're not just, to the Tiger Cats game yet. I mean, the Bomber game. Oh, the <laughs> fact that they hired Joe Mack over Jim Barker is absolutely ridiculous. Jim Barker continues to prove he knows exactly what he's doing. Trevor Harris, another example of that. I mean, what the heck is Toronto going to do when Ricky Ray comes back? Yeah, it is an interesting situation. Like, uh, do you... Do you hold on to both? But then who's the starter? Because Trevor Harris has played well enough to keep that starter's job. I mean, there's going to be some questions being asked in Toronto. Uh, although, I think Ricky Ray is going to be out for a little bit longer yet. Like I always say, when there's silence surrounding a guy, when you don't hear anything out of the beat reporters about a guy coming back for a while, it usually means it's worse than anybody's letting on, a la Shea Emery in Saskatchewan. Uh, Brandon Whitaker, uh, leading rusher for Toronto before leaving the game with injury, uh, 4 for 25. Deontay Spence. Spencer, 5 for 94 and a touchdown. Uh, Hazleton, a touchdown, 5 for 51. Uh, Tony Girdley, uh, 4 for 74. A whole bunch of guys that you didn't hear of until this season uh, continuing to do good things in Toronto. And Toronto, to me, is what the Riders should start looking like. Start working in some young guys, work them in together, and see what happens. I mean, right now, the Argos are tied for first. In a couple of my fantasy leagues, I made a couple speculative ads here. Uh, Chad Cackert, uh, Brandon Whitaker is questionable for this week. We all know his injury history. Uh, Josie just, I don't think he can get it done as a starting running back, running back with the Argonauts. And I know the Argos were behind for a lot of the game, so they yep. were stuck with passing. But Cackert could uh, get in and maybe see the field again. We all know uh, what he has done in the past, of course, winning the 100th Great Cup. You hope that he can see the field again. I mean, he's had a long, yeah. long comeback back from injury. He retired. Now he's unretired. So I'd love to see the CAC attack uh, on the field uh, this weekend. A couple things to keep an eye on regarding uh, Deontay Spencer. It looks like Chad Owens already ruled out for this coming week. Anthony Coombs may be coming back, but Kevin Elliott got hurt as well. So Deontay Spencer... 
great sleeper, and he's got to be available in probably 80% of leagues. Watch the depth chart for Toronto. He may be starting at slot pack again, and it looks like he already had a pretty good uh, rapport with uh, Trevor Harris. Again, young guys being worked into the lineup, and uh, Jim Barker proven he knows exactly what he's doing again. Definitely good for James Urochuk, too, uh, getting into the game with the Argos. Uh, He had seven tackles, and it looks like a lot of the Argos are getting healthy as well. Uh, Matt Black and uh, Jermaine Gabriel are getting ready to come back in. So uh, some secondary help coming in for your fantasy team. I know you don't want to do it, John. I've delayed it as long as I could. You, we have to go to you, Tim Hortons Field. Uh, you know you know what the deal is. I'm going to go get myself a donut. <laughs> you recap this one. I can't even talk about this. This was This was the worst display of football I've seen in my life. The Tiger Cats are just unstoppable at home, but it's not an excuse uh, to what the the Bombers showed up and did. Zach Caleros, you know, he wasn't the best, but he wasn't the worst. 20 of 32, 280 yards, three touchdowns, and two interceptions. They didn't really have that much of a running game. Ray Hawley, eight carries for 25 yards. But uh, Terrence Tolliver continues to do what he does. Bakari Grant continues to do what he does. Welcome back, Luke Tasker. He he looked great. And as uh, John was talking about early, Bombin, the big man with the touchdown. You can't even pick him up in your fantasy league. So that I, is pretty. I want to pretty though. Sad. I know. <laughs> I'm just. I'm still just. I'm still just mad about this. I'm just mad. And huge shout out to Emmanuel Davis. The guy has three pick sixes on the season. The record is five. And all, well, I don't think they play Winnipeg again, so he might, uh, you know, be in, uh, being tough to do that considering he's done all three against Winnipeg. <laughs> yeah, he has made them look pretty bad. And again, uh, well, the Ticat or the Bombers weren't in it when Drew Willie was in the game, but when he was out of the game, done. Well, they weren't in this game at all. I mean, yeah. when you're down, when you're down three scores, and you're not even seven minutes into the quarter, just go home. Stop watching. I mean, it's, it's come on, don't don't play bad football. Yeah, Rory Colert was the leading receiver. They just can't get uh, Clarence Denmark the ball. I think he needs to get it a whole lot more than he is getting it. Yeah. Uh, I think literally the only fantasy option. Moving forward, other than the defensive players, has got to be Cam Marshall. Cam Marshall, uh, maybe Darvin Adams, if he uh, if he isn't out long term, we still don't know uh, how much time he's going to miss. You're right, Cam Marshall, uh, a, a good pickup, and that's and that's about it. I still, you know, they're going to run the ball a lot with uh, with either uh, Robert Marv or uh, Brian Brom back there, but yeah, just. Dark days in Winnipeg now, thanks to a whole bunch of injuries and just coming out flat on their faces against Hamilton. Uh, did you see the Grey Cup ticket sales? They're not doing too hot, and this is going to hurt them even more. Well, A, it's minus a bazillion outside in Winnipeg in November. Uh, and if We're you're like a mutual me, you... friend in Winnipeg, uh, Winnipeg Neely, and yep. uh, he went, there's been three Grey Cups there, and he said two of them were above zero. 
Yeah, no, that's true. Sometimes they get the uh, odd warm weather, but I think there's the perception that it could be snowing and cold. And you know, yeah. I mean, the thing is with Winnipeg hosting this year, they don't have that initial initial surge of hope. Like when Saskatchewan, you know, Saskatchewan had it, they were a veteran team. Fans knew there's a good chance they're going to be there, so they went out and bought tickets. Winnipeg, even like the most delusional of Bomber fans, could not have possibly think that they would leap past Edmonton and Calgary in the West Division. Yeah. And, and tickets are so expensive this year as well. Yeah, I haven't looked at ticket prices. The minute I found out, I wasn't able to go. Uh, another viable fantasy option, too, if you're not already starting him, uh, Jamal Westerman uh, along the defensive line. Yeah, I got him uh, <laughs> on my team, and man, he's got the right passport as well. He's yep. just playing so well for uh, Winnipeg. So I think either way, once we find out... Who's going to be in the game? I think, I mean, at the beginning of the season, I called Edmonton and Hamilton. I think Edmonton's going to be a whole lot better once Riley gets back into the lineup. Uh, and Ticats fans travel well, so I think once we know who is going to be in the game, hopefully that gives ticket sales a little bit of a boost. As long as it's not Montreal, B.C., they should be okay, because you're right. Almost every other fan base except for those two travels really well in the CFL. Let's welcome our guest to the show. We're going to get to the picks. Tyrell Ocher, the man that might get the Brazilian at Ty Ocher, T-Y-O-W-C-H-A-R on Twitter. Let's get to those picks. It's everyone's favorite game show. Are you smarter than two overweight Canadian podcasters? Pick the weekly winners in the CFL on Facebook or Twitter at 2 and Out CFL. <laughs> All right, before we get to our picks, I would like to welcome, uh, I guess, a friend of the podcast to the show, Tyrell Ocher. Hey, welcome to the show, buddy. I got to ask you, first off, how does it feel to start a Twitter war without even meaning to? Ah! (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, it wouldn't be the first time, (laughs) but it it escalated quicker than I thought it was going to be. It wasn't even meant to do that really well no kind of uh you know how i feel about the rouge it's a great it's great and when fake gainer gets involved uh it's all going downhill from there well between between fake gainer and drew dalby from the wolf and regina it was uh i almost felt bad for our uh the the man we started the twitter war with (laughs) yeah dean dean kind of got uh in there a little deeper than i thought he was than he figured he was gonna i think yeah, I think the flag got thrown for piling on kind of at the end of it. Between Fate Gainer and Dolby, it was people's elbows left, right, and center. Oh, man. I literally sat back and just watched my Twitter explode and didn't respond to anything because I was having too much fun. <laughs> all right. So, of course, Ty, we've been talking about it all year here on the Two and Out CFL podcast. I said the Ottawa Red Blacks have the potential to win 12 games this year. You scoffed, you tweeted us, you messaged us, you looked us up on Facebook, and you said, listen, if they win 12 games, I'll get myself a Brazilian. They're four and two. How are you feeling right now? Um, scared. <laughs> <laughs> They're on they're on pace for exactly twelve wins right now. But I looked at the schedule and they have two they got way too many games against Toronto and Hamilton left to even worry about it, I think. But stranger things have happened. Well, for me, I'm officially as of tonight, uh jumping on the Red Blacks bandwagon for the next six weeks while Drew <laughs> Willie's out in Winnipeg. So um As if you weren't already there. 
Uh, you know what? There is photographic evidence that I might be a part-time Red Blacks fan. Uh, only, or I should, I'll even call them, you know what? I'm even going to call them Red Blacks until uh, Drew Willie's back. I won't use the term all caps, but uh, on top the of that. Rouge tr- Noir. The Rouge A Noir. I like it. <laughs> all right. Uh, uh, I do have to ask you. <laughs> <laughs> fantasy football oh, the, we got you in, uh, we, yeah i knew this is where this is going yeah we got you into the uh podcast league and you are the riders of the league uh oh and seven <laughs> oh and seven so i think man if you go winless i think this brazilian happens either way oh i like it oh um can i sleep on it no <laughs> <laughs> we demand answers right now. We're live on the podcast. We can't just sleep uh, and come back. Okay. Uh, Bowman's out this week. Yeah. Okay. Screw it. Whoa! Yes. Right. Whoa! <laughs> so if you let me get this straight, you go winless in fantasy football in the two and out CFL podcast league. The Brazilian happens anywhere in Winnipeg. I've always got friends in Winnipeg that listen to the podcast. Hey, Phil, uh, that are going to make sure that this goes down. Well, I think I think we have to charge admission or oh, charitable it'll donation. The, it'll be the end of November. All right, I like it. I like it. So we're gonna have the first two and out CFL podcast Grey Cup party where uh, Tyrell gets a Brazilian. I like it. Oh, I think everybody gets to take a strip off. Oh, oh can't why can't I be there? <laughs> All right, you oh, suck at fantasy football, but you you seem to be pretty good. At Pick'em, you're 202nd in the nation right now. And what's your strategy when it comes to Pick'em? Because we are terrible. Pick whoever's playing the Riders. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I like that, as yep. A di- as a diehard fan, I'll be the first to admit, I have won $750 this year just betting against the Riders, and I'm not ashamed. Wow. I, I wouldn't be. Uh, pick the Tie Cats at home. Oh, yep, yep, yep. Pick against the Red Blacks because I have to. <laughs> <laughs> so you're still second in the like in the top 200 in the nation, even picking against the Ottawa Red Blacks and their four and two record. Well, it helps when I double down on every pick, and I've done it. I've gone perfect three weeks or two weeks this wow, year. Nice. So I've gone. I was in the bottom, but uh, you know, climb up to the top. Our my buddy Debo, who joined the league, hasn't even made a pick. He keeps forgetting that he's in the league, and he's not even in last. <laughs> well, he's doing better than me, I think. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think it's a better strategy just to sit at zero. Yeah, I do. I like it because I I did start this season negative. I'm I'm finally about half of your score, so I, I'm coming. <laughs> oh man, it's tough though every week because. You look at the consensus pick, and it's like, yeah, no, those people are wrong, but 75% of the population can't be that wrong. Well, mind you, we did vote in Stephen Harper, so. <laughs> oh, no politics talk on the Two and Out CFL podcast, boys. Let's, uh, That's my bad. Let, let's get to the picks because you are the master of pick against the two of us who are horror awful at it. First game, Edmonton Eskimos at Montreal Alouettes. That goes down on Thursday night. Myself, I'm going to take the Edmonton Eskimos in this one. I think they got the best defense in the league. They're going to make Rakim Kato look very average. Travis, who do you got? Uh, Tyrell, you can uh, bat clean up. I'm actually taking uh, Montreal in this game uh, just because of the Matt Nichols uh 
uh, situation. They got shut out in the second half against BC, and I think Montreal's defense is a lot better than BC's defense, and because they're in Montreal, I could see them actually beating Edmonton this time around. Tyrell, who do you got? I took Edmonton. Uh, you know, just the defense this year has been unbelievable, minus giving up the points they did last week. And as long as Chris Jones doesn't shoot himself in the foot and just takes the points when he has the chance, I think Edmonton can squeak one out on the road. Now, we should never put you and Derek Taylor on the same podcast. The two of you might fight about taking the points to the death. Um, <laughs> next game of the week, the Toronto Argonauts at the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Buck Pierce 2.0, otherwise known as Drew Willie, is out. The Bombers are at home. Uh, I'm going with the Argonauts in this one because we all see what happens to the Bombers when Drew Willie's out of the lineup. Uh, they are going to start Robert Marv from the sounds of it. So Brett Marv is going to get a chance. I'm still taking uh, the Toronto Argonauts. I'm taking Toronto, too. Uh, even though Chad Owens isn't going to be playing this game, Brandon Whitaker isn't going to be playing this game, I feel like the McMaster Marauders could go into Winnipeg and uh, win this game. So. <laughs> On a last-second field goal. Yeah. In I'm, double overtime. Yep, I'm oh, choosing one Argus. Greatest, one of the greatest Vanier Cups of all time. <laughs> uh, the greatest. I would argue the greatest. At least that'll be in my opinion until uh, the Huskies uh, win their next one. Yeah, who do you got, Tyrell, uh, yeah. in this one? Uh, it's a clean sweep for the Argos. Yeah. I mean, uh, even with Chad Owens out of the lineup, it's uh, that rookie they had in there last week. Uh, name escapes me now. Got it. Two two touchdowns, one in crunch time, and just the way Trevor Harris is playing right now, too. It's I don't see that. I don't see how Winnipeg go in there without a quarterback. Yeah, Deontay Spencer had a heck of a game <laughs> in yeah. Chad Owens' absence last week. Uh, the next game, I think we can all say it at the same time. No, 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 you, no, no, you gotta do what we always do. Start the music. Start the music! I will start the music. Here we go. Ticats. Yes! Ticats. Ticats. You're not doing anything crazy here, Tyrell? You're not picking against them at home? Oh, God, no, not until they prove that they can lose at home. One of the best fan bases in the league for sure pushes them uh, to victory there. And the final one of the week, the Ottawa Red Blacks, no longer the all-caps in my book. Uh, they are in Calgary to take on the Stampeders, actually playing the Saturday night before I arrive in Calgary to call the Saskatoon Hilltops at Calgary Colts. I might have to go to that one, and I might have to go to that one wearing Ottawa Red Blacks colors because they're going to win only because I pick the Red Blacks every single week in hopes that you lose the wager, Tyrell. Other than picking with my heart, Ottawa Red Blacks all the way. I'd love to pick Ottawa, but uh, I, ju I just can't do it. i got to make some ground up here and pick them. And uh, John Huffnagel and the Stampeders coming off a of bye week, some time to get healthy. They are not going to lose off the bye week at home. I'm picking the Stampeders. Tyrell, you're up. Master, who do you got? <laughs> Two things. Uh, Red Blacks colors are the same as Stampeders colors, John, so it, it shouldn't be an issue to find any. Henry will get confused. He'll be throwing interceptions <laughs> left and right. <laughs> yeah, it'll, it'll be like he was a rider again. <laughs> Hank the Shank. And obviously Calgary at home off the bye week. There's no way they lose that football game. Uh, as much as I hate John Huffnagel, he's this the way he gets his team prepared every every week is unbelievable. All right, uh, again, again, logically, I would agree with you, Tyrell, but because I want to see you in pain, even though I love you and respect you, uh, let's go Red Blacks for this season. Ty, uh, thanks for dropping your wisdom on us. When you go four and zero, and we go. Uh, 
And we uh, stink up the joint again. You can rub it in extra hard on Twitter at 2 and out CFL. Uh, thanks for taking the time tonight, Ty. Not a problem, boys. Have a good one. Thanks to Brazilian Tyrell for coming. I think we can officially call him that. Brazilian Tyrell, I think so. It's Ty from Brazil. <laughs> yeah, can we do that? How about Ty? How about Brazil is just his name. I like that because I cannot uh, roll R's at all, so I have to leave. Brazil. Yes. <laughs> you need like laser beam sound effects in the background or something. I like, like that. Pew, 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 pew. I gotta get the the producer on that. Whoever runs this show is gonna put that together for us. I thought, I thought that was you. Hey, me. I, I don't know. I think it might be. <laughs> Who keeps playing the tie cats are humming then? <laughs> it just somehow ends up there. Oh uh, yeah, you're right. It's just smoke and mirrors. I, I don't. I don't do anything. I don't run this show at all. Uh, thanks, Tyrell, for joining the show. That does it for another week of the Two and Out CFL podcast. See us on Facebook, Two and Out CFL. Twitter, Two and Out CFL. Uh, we're on Instagram too, Two and Out CFL. We are absolutely everywhere. Rate, subscribe on iTunes, and we'll talk to you next week. <laughs>